Hey, this is Nick here. I wanted to send a quick message to the founders out there. If you're raising your first round of capital and you're not located in the Bay Area, New York City, or Boston, we'd love to connect with you. Newstack leads deals for founders that don't fit the standard Silicon Valley profile and are located in undercapitalized areas. If that describes you, or if you know a startup that fits that description, please send us an email. It's team at newstack.vc. Now here's a word from our partners. This episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. Pacific Western is the leading provider of venture debt and banking services to startups, growth stage companies, and their investors. Go to pacwest.com to learn more. Welcome to the podcast about investing in startups, where existing investors can learn how to get the best deal possible. And those that have never before invested in startups can learn the keys to success from the venture experts. Your host is Nick Moran, and this is The Full Ratchet. Welcome back for another edition of Investor Stories. On this special segment, the experts describe the most important lesson that they've learned and how that has changed the way they invest. This is the special segment called Lessons Learned. On today's special segment, we have John Vrionis of Unusual Ventures. John, can you tell us a story highlighting a critical lesson that has changed the way you invest? A lot of lessons over 17 years, Nick. I'm trying to think of a... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, look, every meeting I take, I try to have an opinion about the idea, the founder, but you got to have an open mind, right? And I know that's a bit cliche, but I've been wrong a lot. So I often try to have good discussions and debates with founders about the why now about the desperate user. But in the end, you have to talk like you're right and listen like you're wrong. And I I didn't always do that well, right? I, I wasn't listening enough about why they're spending their life on this idea at this point in time. I try to impress upon everyone, like come into the meeting with a thesis, with an opinion, with a point of view. Don't just be there as a sponge, right? But you've got to listen. Like, why is this person putting so much of their life in this basket? I probably missed very interesting opportunities. I know I have because I was too closed-minded earlier in my career. On today's special segment, we have Elizabeth Yin of Hustle Fund. Elizabeth, can you tell us a story highlighting a critical lesson that has changed the way you invest? Ah. So many, (laughs) so many, so many. I mean, I think, you know, as I mentioned, like balance team is certainly one of them, but, you know, I think one of the things that we try to think about is systems. So, you know, there are certainly a lot of investors who look at things based on every deal, like, okay, you know, here's, here's a deal like yay or nay or whatever, but I think to really build an institution that lasts and even lasts without me, you have to like think about this from a B2B company standpoint. So how do we put in processes, you know, our marketing or our triaging or how we analyze calls or how we, you know, if we decide to invest, like how we decide to invest, do we give a full allocation upfront or, part allocation and then save some for reserves, like all these things. And then how do we take all this data and then feed it back and, you know, get better and better over time is, is the hope at least. 
So I think my learning over the years, kind of going back to your question, is it is really important to think about this from a systems perspective rather than a one-off, like, let's go and invest perspective if you really want to do this for many decades. And so we think very carefully about our portfolio construction, our learnings around allocation, our learnings around how we get in, when we get in, at what valuations, what, what really matters. And um, I guess there isn't any you know, concrete story in there, but that's, that's how we think about things. On today's special segment, we have Bobby Franklin of the NVCA. Bobby, can you tell us a story highlighting the most critical lesson you've learned in your time working with the NVCA? I've learned a lot of lessons since I've worked here. You know, I, I think one that sort of illustrates a good lesson is details matter. And there, a few years ago, there was an effort on Capitol Hill to pass a law that would have changed uh, the way patent litigation operates and, and how litigation around patents and intellectual property happens. And the, the first reaction from most folks were, and this is, this is overgeneralizing, but to make the point, I would say that most life science investors you know, think that if it isn't for a patent, there's nothing to invest in. And a lot of tech or software investors think that there shouldn't be a patent system at all. <laughs> yeah, and true. so when you, when you have this wide range of views coming at something with lots of passion, you know, that, that's a challenge sometimes to navigate as a membership organization. And so what we did was we said, okay, we understand you're all coming at different points of view. And what a lot of trade associations in town would do in that case was simply say, well, we're going to sit on the sidelines in this debate. And what we said is, we at least need to play a role in educating everyone about the details of what Congress is actually considering, not what somebody says it does, but what the language actually says. And so we took that bill that was being considered, and we peeled back the onion, and we got lots of information from all sides on about exactly what that would mean in practice. And when we did that and we educated ourselves and all of our members, we all sort of came to the same conclusion. And that was, we know there needs to be changes in the patent litigation system, but this isn't the right answer. Let's try to come up with the right answer. And I think that's just a, a case where, you know, somebody that's willing to dive into the details and not just stay at that rhetorical high level, mm-hmm. I think that that, that can be a real benefit, particularly when you're looking at complex laws and rules and regulations and the things that we do here in DC. Look at you, somebody in DC that's that's really focused on the details. <laughs> <laughs> there are a few of us. <laughs> at this point, if you're a VC, you've heard of Carta. You've probably even accepted securities from a portfolio company on the platform. It feels like every new company is using Carta, and there's already 16,000 VC-backed companies on the platform. They also offer tools and services for VCs like fund administration. Carta has an army of fund accountants delivering high-quality service and dedicated teams of engineers constantly improving the functionality of their user-friendly investor platform with in-app quarterly reporting, real-time fund metrics, LP portals, and more. 
It's also easy to switch from an existing fund administrator or to augment your in-house team with their service. Learn more about their services at carta.com forward slash investors. And this episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. Pacific Western specializes in providing financial services to startups, growth stage companies, and their investors, helping to navigate financial obstacles by providing access to funds and expertise. Pacific Western's customized products and team of venture banking specialists provides a banking experience designed specifically with startups and VCs in mind. If you run a tech company or if you invest in tech companies, it's strongly advisable that you build a relationship with the folks at Pacific Western. Go to PacWest.com to learn more. On this special segment, we have Jeremy Nielsen of Assure Fund Management. Jeremy, can you tell us a story highlighting a critical lesson that has changed your approach at Assure? One of our initial theses at Assure was that our clients did not want to speak with us, that the reason they would call or email us was because we weren't being responsive or reliable enough. And so, we worked really hard at Assure to drive down the response time and be as extremely responsive as possible, believing that the phone would stop ringing. But as we've continued to just improve and improve, the, the phone continues to ring. And what's changed for us is that we've realized that our clients are looking for conversations with experts, and that's what Assure is. And so we've kind of embraced that a situation here at Assure, which is our clients really do want to interact with us. They have ideas, they have questions. And so we are no longer trying to find the solution per se to keep them from calling. We're really just kind of embracing those conversations that helps us know on our product roadmap, help us know what is going on in the marketplace. And it helps us build technology that ultimately can answer questions that they have that they are calling in for. And also helps us think through like an Assure University and education that you know, if everybody's calling and asking these types of questions, maybe we should do a webinar on it or, or create some sort of course curriculum that helps groups and individuals that are wanting to become, increase their, their private fund management IQ, that they can use Assure for that. And so we've really kind of changed our, our mindset on that. Are there any specific investment preferences or behaviors or interests that stand out as surprises or things you didn't expect, but things you've heard from the greater investment community at Assure that have, has kind of changed your model or, or changed the way you do things? I would say that what surprised me the most was that our clients are not that knowledgeable when it comes to the underlying nuances and the complexities of doing deals when it comes to legal tax and accounting and compliance. They just want to do deals, right? They, they have great instincts. They have great networks and they just they just want to do deals. Uh, we've taken it on upon ourselves to start to build the education webinars and other things to help them become more educated so that they do know what's what's what. When our clients just kind of go off and do whatever or don't do things correctly, it, it's work on our part. So we have to end up cleaning it up like they're signing documents before they're si- they should be. They're signing on behalf of Assure when they shouldn't. They're giving concessions without papering those. They're letting people like sell their shares when it's not permitted legally or regulatorily or document wise. You know, taxes, we get a lot of tax questions like you should be doing taxes this way. And we're like, no, we know what we're doing. We're experts. And, <laughs> and so 
just moving forward and, and helping the entire community and marketplace increase their their IQ. That will conclude this installment of Investor Stories. If you're enjoying the program and would like to see it continue, take a moment and leave a five-star review in iTunes. Also, if you'd like updates on new content from TFR, as well as the top 10 VC articles every week, go to fullratchet.net and sign up for the newsletter. Okay, that will wrap things up for today. Until next time, over-prepare, choose carefully, and invest confidently. Thanks for joining me.